0: Welcome back to Everyday Ignorance. I'm your host, Alexander Keeler.
1: And I'm Peter Turpin.
0: And we are talking about the history of Christmas.
1: <laughs> right. The yes. history of Christmas, everybody.
0: The history of Christmas. Oh my god, is that a boar coming in your room right now, Peter?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. That's great. Uh, we'll just have the boar sit down on our feet. Yeah. For the rest of the show. Would you like yeah. to have a boar?
1: Um, I don't know. I think I'd rather have a just the boar's head and mm. not have to take care of it.
0: We'll talk about that, I guess, yeah. later on. uh yeah. How was your week, Peter?
1: Um, my week was all right. Uh, it went by at a good pace, not too fast, not too slow. And it's kind of the same in terms of busyness at work. Like it's busy, it's steady, it's st- it's steady, but it's not like super busy. Um, for at least my role so I feel pretty good about that I guess. Yeah. How about you?
0: Uh, my week was okay. I went ahead and did a lot of machine uh, moves and installs where I work. I work on printers and I've been just doing a lot of socializing this week. I know we had my little birthday celebration mm-hmm. party tonight. Yeah. went out we got wasted all right i threw up off the side of my honda civic so it's uh no that didn't happen i don't no. drink and drive yeah so but if i do it would be pretty awesome have you ever gotten drunk while you drive don't answer that But i think that's a crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> i a, won't i won't yeah. no comment folks that's a common thing for north dakota actually so yeah thankfully
1: um, i grew up in minnesota
0: Isn't it stiffer penalties for that? Yeah, I believe it is, actually. How many does it take to get to, like, a felony?
1: I have no idea. I don't want to know. Do they give you a punch card? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Every time you get arrested? (laughs) I'm not sure. Is it it so bad in Minnesota that when you get arrested for drunk driving that the cop actually gives you a beer? (laughs) (laughs) When he sees you, he goes up to your window, and he's like, oh, you're your ghoul, and he just hands you a Bud Light and just drives away Does he do that? Is that what the cops do
1: here <laughs> i am not sure i mean i know that drinking doesn't get rid of drunkenness or a hangover so drinking more that is so uh probably wouldn't be the best strategy
0: that's a common thing with people though right like people right. believe that if you get drunk yeah it'll stop your hangover
1: right what stops the hangover just time and rehydrating yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm.
0: Or go for a nice drive on the interstate at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> so that'll really help you. So <laughs> we're talking about Christmas. I did do a ton of research. We're trying to double up a little bit on our episodes. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, we both really appreciate this. It is a huge labor of love for both of us. We'll talk about that at the very end of the show. But... I didn't get a ton of time. I've been kind of busy this week, taking care of a bunch of things. I'm sure you've been busy, like you were saying. Yeah. But are you excited for Christmas?
1: I'm excited for Christmas as it's celebrated today. Like, you know, getting to see your family, getting to give gifts. Um, However, there seems to be... A lot of uh, pagan roots to Christmas that we're going to talk about today that have kind of brought my spirits down a little bit. So, um, why don't you, uh, why don't you kick it off with the the story of the Boar's Head Festival? Oh,
0: I'll kick it off. All right, okay. I'll kick it off. Uh, I'm a little pagan now, by the way. <laughs> I'm a little pagan boy. So, apparently, back in the day uh we're talking like ancient rome uh Mm. i don't know if you knew this but well you might know this because we talked about it earlier so i don't know why i told you this
1: That's (laughs) i
0: love how i started start off with i don't know i don't know if you knew this that thing we were talking about a few hours ago it's still the same (laughs) thing it turns out but back in the day ancient rome was filled with all kinds of pagan rituals Mm. Uh, did you know that caesar was actually worshiped as a god
1: Um, I would believe it. I didn't, I, that rings a bell, but I didn't know that for a fact.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Julius Caesar, like they had like a temple for him and all kinds of stuff. And I think at that point you have so many pagan rituals that it just becomes like everyday life. Right. Uh, like in America we have our little rituals and stuff, but we don't necessarily go ahead and have a temple for Joe Biden. Right, which would be which would be weird if it was. I don't know what we would sacrifice at the temple of Joe Biden. Right, Uh, maybe you could leave some adult diapers and possibly a (laughs) possibly some gold bond. I don't know. Whatever he's into. All right, but there was a lot of uh, pagan worship back then. It was all over the place. It was in the entire Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire went ahead and um, they are responsible for almost everything that we know now. The mm. Romans are the reason that we they invaded England, and then they conquered it, and they called it Britannia. And yeah. then it's and this is not off this, it's just from what I know. Yeah. So Britannia, and then it became Britain. Uh, I forget where the word London comes from, but mm. uh, I found out that there are several bridges that are called London Bridge. And oh. there's, I didn't know, I thought there was like one bridge It was called London Bridge. Huh. There's actually a recreation of London Bridge in, I think, Arizona wow. or something. It's huge. But there are several bridges, and one of them is a, a bridge like in London, and it goes into it. And it's actually built, like, it's. it looks, you know, modern now, but then it's got some other stuff. And if you go down further, it's actually the Romans built that, like the fortification. Wow. So... A long time ago, that was what that was. But Rome was responsible for so much. And it's weird, I was actually reading about, because I was reading about Christmas, and I was reading about what a, an average Roman person would eat. And mm-hmm. even the things they eat and the way they eat is very similar to the way we eat now. Really? Yeah, like the first course, like appetizers, would be like salads. Okay. Like how we eat. You know, the second course, like meats... Like what we eat, they would eat chicken, they would eat beef, things like that. So the sausage, bread, everything came with bread. Sounds a lot like America, actually. Yeah. So Roman America are the same, pretty much, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so that's. Aren't you glad you learned that today on this podcast about fake history? But no, they're not the same. But there is a lot of stuff. Romans, I think, didn't they? Did they invent concrete?
1: Um. Or was that the Greeks? I do not know. Okay. I'm sorry.
0: Um, let me just look that up really quick. Not who invented concentration camps. Did Romans create concrete? Uh, yeah. They're not the ones to discover it, but they were the first people to widely use it as a building material. Wow. And they're still driving on uh, a lot of the cobble roads that they built. And then I know that railroads now are supposed to be like, what, like a chariot width apart because of Rome.
1: Wow. So,
0: like, if you go to the railroad, if you go on the tracks right now, which is what I love to do for fun. I love to stand on the tracks and wait for the train. And uh, I love to wait for it. And then I like to run out of the way as soon as it's about to hit me. But it's great. It's, it's, you know what? It's what we call Fargo fun. Yeah. Hashtag Fargo north of normal. So yeah, but you can do all that stuff. But some of that was based off of uh, Rome. A lot of the things that we do today, believe it or not, are actually based off Rome. Mm. Uh, that's where pizza came from because it was flatbread and then they put meats on it.
1: Mm.
0: <clears throat> and then somehow we got to Domino's Pizza. But Right, uh, somehow. Yeah, somehow. But apparently, back in the day, uh, they would go ahead in pagan rituals and just in general, uh, they would go ahead and a hunter would hunt and kill a boar. And a boar, I'm sure you're familiar with what boars are. Mm hmm. Uh wild I've met p- some I've met pigs. some boars, if you know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're wild pigs. All pigs are derived from boars apparently. Wow. I think so. Um let me just <laughs> let me uh not say anything so I can cut that out of the podcast, but yeah, it is. All right, I was right. So the domestic pig originates from the Eurasian wild boar. <clears throat> And then warthogs are also wild boars. Like in a way, they're wild pigs. Wow! So boars are everywhere. Uh, pigs are everywhere. I think mean, in Texas they're shooting them from helicopters.
1: Oh, really? And yeah. I know they've had a problem with wild wild pigs in um, the southeast part of the U.S. Like I think it's Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, or North Carolina or South Carolina. One of the one of totally. those states. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, when I think of wild boars, I was looking at it earlier today. And I thought they would be the the most for some reason I thought if it's a wild boar and it's a really old animal, that it would be the most like threatened. But apparently it's not. It's far, far from being extinct. Like that that is gonna those boars are gonna outlive all of us, is what I'm trying to say. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like we're never getting rid of boars. I don't know how they have so many boars out there that we haven't eaten them but i guess we just have domesticated pigs and i know we watched that video recently yeah where there was a pig. do you want to talk about that
1: sure um basically a lady was having a heart attack um but because she and her husband were babysitting or pig sitting Mm. i guess their daughter's pet pig uh yeah i know it's so it's so heartwarming (laughs) Like, um, anyway, because they were pig sitting, the pig, um, when she was having the heart attack and had no way to call for help, um, and had no phone because it was like probably back in the nineties and she lived in a trailer park where the only phone was at the trailer park office. Um, in any case, what ended up happening is that the, um, The pig was smart enough to go through the doggy door and lay dead in the street to draw attention to people. And finally, they saw um, this guy stops and sees that the pig is bleeding from its belly a little bit from going through the doggy door too much. And the pig was just doing a normal trick that it knew of playing dead to catch attention because that the lady was in trouble with her heart attack so in any case um, the pig ends up saving this lady's life by drawing attention to itself and then getting a guy to call for help yeah yeah, it's yeah. crazy they're, that was very smart yeah. of that animal pigs are incredibly smart mm. yeah that's something I learned from you yeah
0: they're, I'm just gonna google this cause I just wanted to see uh, I think they're smarter than dogs, cats. They're the fifth most intelligent animal in the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so you could basically train a pig to probably fix printers. That's what I'm getting at. I should be <laughs> I should be going ahead and having the pig do the work, and I'm handing it tools, and then it jumps in the car, and then I drive it around. Uh, they are. They're capable of playing video games with more focus and success than chimps
1: wow and,
0: uh, they're even more intelligent than dogs they have excellent location object location memory and if they find food in one spot they'll remember to look there the next time uh, pigs are smarter than cows uh they're about looks like it's just about as smart as elephants and dolphins
1: wow so
0: and you gotta watch dolphins i don't know if i trust dolphins at all you know dolphins rape people um they they did try to rape a lady
1: I didn't know that. I know there was a lady in Florida who married a dolphin. Oh, nice. So that's oh. very touching. Love
0: at first flipper.
1: Yeah. 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 She yeah. was some kind of... Lady who was really rich evidently and was able to buy a dolphin and have it and live in her pool or something. Really? Or like some enclosure that yeah, she had say. made for it. I don't think it it would have needed a lot of space to swim.
0: That's true. Yeah, because yeah. it starts off that way, and then one day you come home and dolphin still hasn't gotten a job, and you're like, "What are you doing with your life?
1: I married you.
0: You and nothing like this." And all we you. That's how he does back, because that's how they that's how they talk. But right. there was a lady who had sex with dolphins. Yeah. So uh, this is true. Uh, true story. She did try to have sex with. Well, no, she had sex with a dolphin. She seriously did. She was training the dolphins. She engaged in sexual behavior with the dolphins. Uh, this is all true. <laughs> but
1: what? Where is the rape coming then? Well, uh,
0: the rape wasn't that. I mean, I guess if you, I guess I don't know. If you touch an animal sexually, then have you raped the animal? Or have you just molested the animal?
1: I'm not sure. I
0: don't know. No, the rape comes in because there was another lady that dolphins, she was out. I don't know if it was in the ocean. This is kind of unverified. Like, I don't know exactly Mm. her name and stuff. But they tried to, like, pull her swimwear off. Oh, So, yeah. There are horny dolphins out there, Peter. Okay, the ocean's a dangerous place. They're always stressed. They're just looking for some love. They're looking for some love. Yeah, uh, makes I don't know. Sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I don't know where we got from that, but let's bring it back.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's bring it back to boars.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the hunter would go ahead and be presented with the head of a boar, uh, usually turned sideways. I thought it was going to be sticking straight up on a platter, but they would bring it out to the hunter. This was at, I want to say, the beginning of Roman Feast. I'm just gonna read some of this. This is from peaceboarshead.org. By the way, I found out, and I was—I I think that this—it's all tied together. But that's where we get the company Boarshead. Uh, Boarshead, mm. uh, of course, they make fine meats and cheeses. Uh, this is not a paid advertisement for Boarshead, but no. I wish they would pay us. Right. So maybe in meat and cheese, but yeah, uh, I think that's where it comes from. There's also, I think, a Boarshead, like a tavern. It was in the 13th century. I think I sent you a picture of that. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, So I'm just going to read this. The colorful boar's head ceremony became part of the Christmas celebration in the great manor houses of the Middle Ages, but had its roots in pagan times when the boar was the first dish served at a Roman feast. The church endowed the custom with symbolic Christian meaning and elevated it to the service of God, enriching the lives of all that touched. Sponsored by the lord of the manor, the ceremony became a service of praise to Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe and redeemer of the world. In medieval England, the ferocious boar was the sovereign of the forest, a menace to man and a symbol of evil. The presentation of the boar's head at Christmas signified triumph of the Christ child over sin. No one knows who planned the first boar's head procession, but it was in use at Queen's College, Oxford, England. Shortly after that, the university was founded in 1340, And it actually continues to be presented there today the ceremonies attending the presentation of the boar's head grew and became more elaborate over the centuries the yule log lighted at christmas with embers burning all year symbolizing christ as the light of the world the wise men and shepherds, good king, and I can't say this.
1: Wenceslas.
0: Wenceslas, and his pages, and the Beefeaters, English ceremonial guards, were all added over the years. Mm -hmm. The festival was first observed in America in colonial New England and became well-established through Episcopal churches and schools by the late 19th century, particularly at the Hoosack School in Hoosick, New York, The Boar's Head Christmas Festival spread from these early beginnings to be celebrated in many Christian settings. Basically, they're saying that they went ahead and took something that was pagan and they made it Christian. I -hmm. believe that when they say Christian, I don't know if I'd say it's Christian. I tend to think it's Catholic. Mm. Because it literally came from Rome. And then you had Roman Catholic church. I believe it was Catholic. Most of all this pagan stuff that was... Christianized is really just Catholicized. I mean, they they kind of just took their stuff and they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and just do that, and they did. Mm. Catholic Catholic Church does the Catholic Church does tend to go ahead and absorb everything, but uh, when it comes to paganism, that's what that was about. I'm just gonna go ahead. I like how I copied this two times so we could read it twice as much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wanted to say. Boar's Head Inn in Southwark was a real inn in the 14th century in London and then the boar, there's actually a Boar's Head Resort. It's located on the outskirts of Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, there is references to I don't know if you say that I think it's Frere, but Frere and this is from I think it's Norwegians but Frere rides over the earth on the back of his shining boar. I don't know if I'm gonna say this right Gulen
1: that sounds pretty good.
0: Uh, bringing light and love back into the world. Sounds so nice. Wow. Uh, the Christmas ham comes from the Sonar Yolter, or Sacrificial boar, and New Year's resolutions are a pale reflection of, how did you say it? A later... He-
1: Heichten King. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's bro. exactly how it sounds. Yeah. It's
0: amazing that you knew that. Are you from Germany? No, my um. family
1: just all spoke German except for me.
0: Uh, So, Heistringing, it's holy and powerful oaths sworn upon the bristles or the head of the Sona Yolter, the sacrificial boar, that then becomes a meal to be shared. It shows a connection to Freyr due to its association with boars. Mm -hmm. There's also references to sacrifices to Freyr during Yule in hopes of receiving a blessing for a kinder winter ahead. So, I did want to point out That, uh, I can just get my computer to work. I did want to point out that there is something called a boar's head carol that I kind of found out. And I'm just going to pull it up here if I can find it. So, uh, the boar's head carol, this is Wikipedia. It is an English Christmas carol that describes the ancient tradition of sacrificing a boar and presenting its head at a Yuletide feast. Uh, this is what I saw on Wikipedia. I didn't go into too far... ...of this, but I'm just going to try to read this as much as I can. I think this is in Latin. I believe so. But, the boar's head... This is a song. The carol. The boar's head, in hand bring I, or in hand bear I, be decked with bays and rosemary, and I pray you, my masters, be merry, as many are at the feast. The chorus is, the boar's head I bear, rendering praises to the Lord. The boar's head, as I understand is the rarest dish in all this land, which thus be decked with a gay garland, let us serve with a song. Our our steward hath provided this in honor of the King of Bliss, which on this day to be served is in the Hall of the Queens, which they mean the Queens College in Oxford.
1: Mm.
0: So they also have an alternative version of the same song when they put poultry in there. So they'd say the boar's head... In hand bring I with the fowl on the platter sea. And the boar's head, as I understand, is the rarest dish in all this land. This large bird, as I understand, is the finest dish in all this land. So there's a lot of that. Hmm. Basically, paganism is everywhere and uh, we're all pagans. So I just want you to know that. Uh, and I'm just going to ask you a few questions about paganism. And you just tell me what you think. Uh, okay. what, what do you think about the term paganism?
1: Well, forever burned in my memory, um, is just the time where one of my friends who was a Christian was joking about someone driving like a pagan at youth group. So I just view it as this very negative thing. Um, but I, then when I, what I've learned about it since then is just that it's tied to like, um, it's related to or can be related to Wicca or um, witchcraft um, or like kind of ceremonies and practices that relate to worshiping the earth and Mm. things about the earth. So I'm not really all about that, but yeah, that's what I think about it. Hold
0: on now. Wait a second. We recycled last night. So I'm pretty sure that makes you a pagan now.
1: Yeah. I did catch you in a
0: circle with a bunch of bottles around you. Yeah, was, I was
1: uh, running in circles, recycling in the cold, bl- yeah. icy blast of Fargo. Yeah.
0: If you're willing to do that for Mother Earth, then I don't know what you're not willing to do. So right. So that's, I'm going to keep an extra watch on you from now on. Okay. Uh, what is paganism to you?
1: Um, well, Which I heard. mean, I kind of touched on that in the yeah. previous question, but it seems to be related to worship of the earth like observing different things about the earth and then giving them honor. Um, There's like a ceremony done at a pagan wedding that I sort of, I attended the reception for, which is called jumping the broom, which is becoming more and more popular in um, weddings today, especially pagan weddings where the new couple will jump over a broom that's laid flat on the floor and it symbolizes the beginning of their new life together something to that effect. But it just, just trouble. I feel troubled in my soul about it being a Christian, but hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't really want to worship the earth. I know that that's not, a, I'm not about that.
0: You're not about that lifestyle? No. Yeah, me neither.
1: <laughs> um, so,
0: uh, we kind of talked about that. I guess for myself, what do I think about the term paganism? It's something that I don't think about that much. Right. I was talking to somebody about it uh, this week, and we were talking. He was actually asking about the podcast, our one faithful listener. But he was he was asking about the podcast, and I said something about yeah, like there's people that uh, go ahead and they would uh, do paganistic things, and he basically alluded to the fact that anyone who's not a Christian is a pagan. And I don't know if I'd say that. I I mean, I wouldn't even say heathen. Uh, I would say, I like the term Gentile. But, I mean, that's more of a Jewish Gentile thing. So, I guess like an unbeliever or a non-believer. Yeah. Which is fine. I just, you know, when I heard the term pagan, I think of more along the line of, like, witch rituals, witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. um, Which is not good. But, you know, that's the thing. Witchcraft and all that stuff is very easy to kind of fall into and it's kind of becoming more commonplace mm. i don't know if you noticed that but witches are becoming like really sexy now like everybody every girl it seems like wants to be a witch i don't really? know if you know that. a lot of them do
1: yeah like witchcraft like not just for
0: halloween
1: You're no not just for halloween like throughout the year
0: there there is a lot of that throughout the year and i i say that lightly i mean not every girl wants to be a witch but there's a lot more emphasis on it, whereas if we were back in the '80s or the '90s, I feel like you wouldn't see nearly as much emphasis. But now people are not afraid to walk around, and they might have a pentagram earring, or they might go ahead and have a tattoo of a pentagram. And to them, it's it kind of goes back to what you were saying about Satanism. I think we were talking about it. and You were yeah. saying that like
1: uh, Satanist. What were you saying that they don't the work? the Church of Satan, um, the official Church of Satan yeah. that's called by that name um, or at least, uh, in the case of Levain Satanism, they don't, they vehemently deny that they worship Satan as a spiritual entity. They think that that's, uh, an oxymoron to worship Satan. They basically worship themselves. And it's kind of like, it's called, um, some, some kind of theism, um, where, uh, you're basically worshipping yourself, but I can't remember the name of the the theism mm. that is preceded by some pre- preface, preface prefix, that like, um, no, it's not atheism, uh, but they are atheists. They consider themselves them are, yeah. like, um, uh, I can't think, I can't remember of what they called it, but, um, so I apologize, folks, That's but okay. in any case... Yeah, Satanism today is not really worshipping Satan, it's just worshipping yourself and thinking of yourself as like being a god pretty much, Okay, is my impression.
0: Who are the pagans in my mind when I think of the pagans? I guess knowing a little bit about history, I don't know a ton about pagans, pagans, wow. I don't know a ton, ton about pagans. But when I think of pagans, I always tend to drift back to the Germanic tribes. Hmm. Because the the Gauls and the Visigoths, I feel like they hmm. messed around a lot with paganism. Whereas Rome, I mean, they had the I, the concept of pagan paganism and all that. But I think with them, it was more of a fun thing you did. It wasn't necessarily your whole life was about, okay, I've got to make this god happy. Like, mm-hmm. they were just kind of like, well, you know... This is the god of fertility, so maybe we'll get to see some naked women today. Like, let's go down and see what's going on. Or this is the god of cows, and let's just see, maybe we can get some cows to sacrifice. I think for them, it was kind of more like that. Mm. Uh, whereas, I do think for the Germanic tribes, it turned into way more of a lifestyle. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, do you think you're a pagan? Because I do. No, I'm kidding. But what do you? what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think you're a pagan? And, I, I, and before you answer that, yeah. uh, one thing that I've been thinking about in the back of my mind is that if somebody says, oh, like, I'm a Christian, okay, well, are you a Christian or are you a believer? Because a lot of people are believers in Christ and they're going to go to heaven. But if you're a Christian, really, that would be you acting like a Christian, living like a Christian. So it almost makes you wonder, so are there paganistic Christians or paganistic believers? Because we celebrate these pagan holidays. Right. Yeah. So no pressure, but you know your whole testimony is on the line right now.
1: Okay. We're
0: gonna forward this to your pastor. Okay. After
1: this. <laughs> Do I think I'm a yeah. pagan? Um, not at heart. However, this research into Christmas is making me severely question its origins in paganism, and uh, um, yeah, and feel kind of kind of yucky about yeah. it, and just kind of questioning the whole thing yeah. because like according to scholars Jesus would have actually been born sometime in April yeah. um not not around Christmas and the whole reason that it got placed around Christmas is due to the festival of Yule mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a little bit yeah i'm just going to so, get
0: through these pagan questions yeah. uh what do you like about being a pagan <laughs>
1: <I'm> sorry <laughs> all right um yeah
0: I like all the holidays. Uh, so if that's the case, here's a good question. Because you don't think about it as a Christian. But really, what is what is our favorite pagan practice? What is your favorite pagan practice?
1: <laughs> it's probably Christmas. You yeah. know, like you have warm, fuzzy feelings. I have warm, fuzzy feelings about Christmas, like growing up and everything. and like, But it's from pagan roots. Um, and with... It just got placed in the place of the year where it is due to Yule, it seems. The Festival of Yule um, Mm -hmm. from best I can make out from the research I've done so far. So, yeah, I mean, that's about all I got.
0: Yeah, uh, I just looked it up. So, seven pagan festivals. This is through Eternity.com. Christmas, New Year's Day, Easter, the Roman version of Halloween, May 1st, Labor Day, I don't know about that one. I didn't mm. know about that. Epiphany or Three Kings Day? Never heard of that. St. John's Eve? Never heard of that one either. No. So that's definitely weird. But it is it is e- weird. I would say uh, when it comes to my favorite holiday that's a pagan holiday. Um, as you know, I'm kind of a Christian pagan now. I guess after this podcast, I'm going to come in and I'll have my Bible in one hand, but I'll also have my broom in the other and we'll do some smudging and you know what smudging is right yeah it's a yeah. native
1: isn't it a native american practice where you like burn like start a a bundle of like sage on fire and then like put it on your body and paint it on yourself kind of thing
0: i didn't know about all that i just okay. thought it was like sage that you like went around the house and you like uh you kind of so i think it's sage you set it on fire and the sage smokes a lot and you kind of bring this smoke throughout your hole
1: oh that's what i thought smudging was okay i i totally have not researched this and i just heard of a a co-worker who did smudging who has native american ancestry
0: i think don't they also if i'm not mistaken isn't salt somewhat important pagan rituals I don't know. I don't know. See, I'm getting paganism and Satanism mixed up. But, mm. like, you know, like we both kind of talked about Satanism, like true Satanism. True Satanism is, if you want to know about true Satanism, the real thing to research would be the Order of the Golden Dawn, which is an, kind of an offshoot of what, and, not Anton LeVay. Oh, what was the dude? It's not Anton LeVay. Now you got me thinking about Anton levey He's yeah. the guy that was the wickedest man in the world. He. Um, I'll look it up really quick. Nero? <laughs> no. No. Uh, there's something called the Order of the Golden Dawn. I'll look it up really quick. You, okay. You've heard this name before. Okay. Um, uh, oh, Alistair Crowley.
1: Oh, Alistair Crowley, yeah.
0: So he set up this thing called the Order of the Golden Dawn. I know this because the last podcast and the left. One of the people on there, they are professing Satanists. Um, but the mm-hmm. whole idea is he supposedly got this vision from this like entity and supposedly told him to write all this stuff down. I don't believe in that but uh, he was a weird dude. There's a lot of weird ceremonies but he wrote like it's a large book. it's like probably like three inches three four inches mm. of ceremonies and rituals and people. Back in the day, and England would come and watch him do all these different things. He and he, there was a bunch of stuff that happened there that we're not really going to go into because other podcasts have done it a lot better than us. But yeah, he. Uh, I feel like that's a way if you want to know a little bit about Satanism, uh, because it really comes down to you, your thoughts and your wills are are, are kind of the big deal. I'm just going to look up something because he said this weird. Deal. Um, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, that's the wickedest man in the world. He looks like me in 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there is no grace. There is no guilt. This is the law. Do what thou wilt.
1: Oh my God. So
0: I like how he's rapping, too. But anyway, though. <laughs> point of all of it is is that you become god you become your own god which is it's ironic and maybe not ironic that the bible itself and this wasn't really supposed to be a christian podcast but i guess we can't help but to bring it up the Mm -hmm. bible even says that the fool has said in his heart there is no god and then this dude comes along you know thousands of years later and he's all famous for this stuff And then he goes ahead and when you get down to the very bottom of all of it, it's you are your own God. You know, it's your will. I think he said every man's a star. Every man's his own star. Every woman a star. And basically you are going to shape your own destiny. And it's weird because I think the problem with all that is there's a little bit of truth in some of this stuff. Like, yeah, in a way you can shape your own destiny. Like, Mm. you know, if you go out, like we're talking about driving drunk, you get in a car accident. Yeah, you shaped your destiny. Now you're going to go to jail. Like, that's your destiny. But Mm -hmm. when you start going into the whole Satanism and the sacrifices and you need to meditate to go ahead and achieve all this stuff, I think some of it does tie into that. There was that book that came out, what was it, 2000, I want to say 2013, 2014. Do you remember the book? It was called The
1: Secret. Uh, I do not remember that, no. Okay,
0: it was like a huge thing. Everywhere I went, and it's still, you can find uh, copies of this book, but it had a weird little like cover, and it had a little seal on the front. But I think the secret, I never read the secret, by the way, but I think the secret what it all came down to was that the universe, in quotes, the universe is something you can appeal to and you can speak with, basically. And you can, if you want it, you can do it. And so the problem is with all these things, there's a little bit of truth in some of this and there's a lot of lie behind it. You know, it's like, yeah, if you want to graduate college, you could go ahead and think about graduating college, write about graduating college, but you're also going to have to like put feet to what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. And to do all that and then to say, well, see, look, it was the universe that did it. Like I graduated college. Like, no, it was actually you who did it. It wasn't the universe. The universe doesn't help you. So, I don't know. I do think karma is a cheap replacement for God. I do believe God is the one who weighs and uh, decides what happens when it comes to the balances of wickedness and goodness. You know, mm-hmm. If you're going to be evil and rude to everybody, it's eventually going to start coming back to you. It might take a while.
1: Yeah, the law of reaping and sowing is a Christian yeah principle.
0: Uh, do you have any questions about paganism that
1: um they're popping in your head just like what the how the druid the druids fall into paganism and Mm. like like what's the relationship between stonehenge druids or among stonehenge druids and pagans okay that's my question.
0: Okay. Uh, that is something that I can definitely research and try to figure out for Tuesday, next Tuesday's sure. uh, podcast because uh, I would like to go ahead and figure that out myself. Uh, mm. What do you think about paganism? Last question. Like it, love it, got to have it. Um, <laughs> those are your three options. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> those are my three <laughs> options. Oh you can, my gosh. You, yeah, you got to have those three. So,
1: I, I I feel kind of yucky about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's... I don't feel yucky. I just think it's another sign of society that has kind of turned away from God as a whole. And I I don't say mm. Christ. I say God. Even though Christ is God, mm-hmm. because there was excuse me, there was a time where uh, Jesus Christ hadn't come to Earth and had died on the cross, mm. and people na- may not have necessarily known there was a Jesus Christ, but you did know there was a God. There is a leap of. I guess a willing disbelief that you have to take to say if I go ahead and build a statue or if I do this thing or I had taken, we're going to sacrifice this boar and put its head and we're going to do all this stuff, then I'll be blessed for next harvest. I think that that is just enough faith for you to go ahead and take that leap. You could also take a leap in the right direction and take the same amount of faith and say, hey, Maybe there's a God, you know. Maybe there's a Creator out there. Anybody who has intelligence, and that's, and I say anybody, I mean like most people are going to come to the conclusion there's a God. Um, right. Accepting that conclusion or rejecting that conclusion depends on them and how they view him. Right. But anybody who just says, "Oh, there's no God," or "How could God go ahead and have a world like this?" I think that's because there's sin in the world. So and that's, there's free will. And there's free will. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to go ahead and hold your hand. Uh yeah. So there's I don't know. What do I think about paganism? I'm all on board. Alright, let's go ahead. Let's get all the holidays in here. No, I I guess for me, uh paganism, uh I might have just answered this. Did I answer that already?
1: I think so. Okay, alright, then yeah. I'll just cut that out. <laughs> okay, no problem. So yeah,
0: Peter, you go ahead, you tell me your tied you, yeah, you tell me your Yule story.
1: Yeah. So one of the Pagan traditions that um, ended up resulting in the celebration of Christmas and celebrating it when it is celebrated during the year is the festival of Yule. Um, traditional customs that you may have heard of such as the Yule log, the decorated tree, and wassailing or, or what's become Christmas caroling can all be traced back to the Norse people who called this festival, and I'll try my best here, folks, it's uh, Yule. Uh, Say so, it one more time. Yule.
0: <laughs> Say it like you mean it.
1: Yule.
0: <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so
1: Yule, also called Yule, yol or yol, Yolu, is a festival historically observed by the Germanic peoples, Scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule to the Wild Hunt, the god Odin, who is a Norse god, or is a Norse god, and the pagan Anglo-Saxon Moldranit or Mother's Night. The Romans, um, in terms of the going back to the Roman thing with the Boar's Head celebration or festival, the Romans celebrated Saturnalia beginning on December 17th, which was a week-long festival in honor of the god Saturn that involved sacrifices, gift-giving, and feasting. And I think, uh, well, I won't go into that because I don't remember if that was the same festival. And then going back even further, in ancient Egypt, the return of Ra, the sun god, was celebrated as a way of thanking him for warming the land and the crops in the modern day and age, um, pagans and Wiccans still celebrate Yule, um, at least some of them. Uh, but we'll get in. I'll get into that a little bit more later. So, what prompted this whole discussion was the was my experience growing up with having a Yule log in my home. My mom. You know my mom was a christian so it just always seemed like a christmas quote unquote thing Mm. to me and but it was a log a small log that had um holes bored into it that you would put candles in and then burn them like four or five candles Mm. and it's a holiday the yule log history um the history of the yule log is it's a holiday celebration that began in norway On the night of the winter solstice it was common to hoist a giant log not a little log with candles (laughs) onto the hearth to celebrate the return of the Sun each year really yeah the Norsemen believed that the Sun was a giant wheel of fire which it sort of is but which rolled away from the earth and then began rolling back again (laughs) on the winter solstice yeah
0: well I mean they're not too far off yeah they're not too far off there
1: As Christianity spread through Europe, though, the tradition became part of Christmas Eve festivities. The father or master of the house would sprinkle the log with libations of mead, which is like a honey wine, Mm. oil or salt. Once the log was burned in the hearth, the ashes were scattered about the house to protect the family within from hostile spirits. The tradition of burning a Yule log was practiced in similar ways throughout many European countries. For instance, in France, a small piece of the log is burnt each night, up through twelfth night. Um, Whatever is left over of the log is saved for the following Christmas. This is believed to protect the family home from being struck by lightning. Mm. In Cornwall, England, the log okay. is called the Christmas mock, and oh um, it is stripped of its bark before being uh, being burned. But let me check here, everyone. Being brought inside for the fire, some towns in Holland still follow the old custom of storing the yule log beneath the bed. What? Yeah.
0: Does it lit? Is it lit? Meat the bed? Okay, no. I was gonna no. Say, just like, being stored. Before, I don't think that'd be a good idea.
1: Before use or maybe yeah. after use. I was gonna perhaps. say
0: that's a great way to take care of bed
1: bugs. Yeah. Just set
0: your bed on fire. Of course, you will kill yourself, but right. You gotta make those sacrifices.
1: Yeah, you gotta take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah. Or the, bad with the good in this case. Sure.
0: The yule with the the you don't know.
1: All right. <laughs> um. As far as Germanic paganism, Yule is an indigenous winter festival celebrated by the Germanic peoples. The earliest references to it are in the form of month names, where the tide period, which is just to say like the time of Yule, lasts somewhere around two months falling along the end of the modern calendar year between what is now mid-November and early January. So we're right there, folks. Oh, wow. So we can
0: celebrate Yule right now. Yeah, I if guess. If you wanted to. If you wanted to. <clears throat> um,
1: Yule is attested early in the history of the Germanic peoples. In a Gothic language calendar of the 5th to 6th century, it appears in the month name Fruma Yule- Yuleis, and in the 8th century, the English historian Bede, or Bede wrote that the Anglo-Saxon calendar included the months Giola or Giuli corresponding to either modern December or December and January. While the Old Norse name, Lyr, is similarly attested, the Old Norse corpus also contains numerous references to an event by the Old Norse form of the name Jól. In chapter 55 of the prose Edda book Skaldska Parmal, different names for the gods are given. One is quote unquote, Yule beings. A work by the Skald, Evinder Skaldaspilir that uses the term is then quoted. Again, we have produced Yule beings' feast mead of poetry oh. um, our ruler's eulogy like a bridge of masonry in addition one of the numerous names of Odin the Norse god again is Jolnir mm. referring to the event of um, Yule the festival of Yule Wow.
0: Um,
1: there's a lot more that we could go into here but um, in any case I'm going to I'm gonna just try to summarize some of this to say, um, Yule was definitely a pagan practice, as you can see here. But then um, there was a king who came to Norway, um, who was a Christian, and uh, was he?
0: Well, hold on. Was he yeah. actually a Christian, or was he like Catholic?
1: I'm not sure. Okay. He he was king. Hakon the first of Norway who ruled from 934 to 961 mm-hmm. and uh, the saga of Hakon the Good cr- credits him with the Christianization of Norway as well as rescheduling Yule to coincide with Christian celebrations held at the time. Wow. The saga says that when Hakon arrived in Norway he was a confirmed Christian. But since the land was still altogether heathen and the people retained their pagan practices, Hakon hid his Christianity to receive the help of the, quote, great, great chieftains, end quote. In time, Hakon had a law passed establishing that Yule celebrations were to take place at the same time as the Christmas Christians celebrated Christmas, quote, And at that time, everyone was to have ale for the celebration with a measure of grain or else pay fines and had to keep the holiday while the ale lasted. (laughs) Sounds like a good (laughs) idea, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wait, they had to keep ale?
1: They had had to to have it. They had to have ale available for the festival and then keep the festival as long as they had ale left.
0: Wow. (laughs) So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure this wasn't North Dakota? Because it sounds like it is, dude. It sounds like this is West Fargo. This isn't Norway. This isn't King Hakon. This is just some dude with some, a lot of liquor. We basically do the same thing here now. All right. Yeah.
1: As we look at some theories and interpretation behind the Festival of Yule, scholars have connected the month event and the Yule period to the, quote, wild hunt which is a ghostly procession in the winter sky mm. the god odin again he's popping up throughout this yeah. segment who is attested in germanic areas as leading the wild hunt mm. and bears the name Yolnir an increased supernatural activity such as the wild hunt and the increased activities of draga dragar um, undead beings who walk the earth I guess like zombies. I
0: you see, I've heard that name Dragger. That's uh, I've heard it uh, before, and it was on this uh, video game called God of War. I don't know if you've ever heard of God of War. No. But that's one of the things in the video game because it it it's a bunch of stuff. But the latest uh, deal is you're in the world of that, and he he fights the gods like that's part of his thing. So like Loki, Thor. Odin and all that, and one of the enemies, like, the easiest enemy to, to take down, that they're everywhere, is Draugr. Mm. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but...
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: The, there's a lot of cool stuff, actually, in the game, but... Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, as we touched on before, Modranit, or Mother's Night, is was an event focused on collective female beings attested by Bede or Beta as having occurred among the pagan Anglo-Saxons on what is now Christmas Eve. That's that's been seen as further evidence of a fertility event during the Yule period. Um, So, like, anyway, the events of Yule are generally held to have centered on midwinter, although specific dating is a matter of debate, with feasting drinking, and sacrifice, or blot. Scholar Rudolf Simic says the pagan Yule feast, quote, had a pronounced religious character, end quote, and that it is uncertain whether the Germanic Yule feast still had a function in the cult of the dead and in the veneration of the ancestors, a function which the midwinter sacrifice certainly held for the West European stone and bronze ages. The traditions of the Yule log, Yule goat, Yule boar, as we, as Alexander expounded on, or the Sonar gochter, still reflected in the Christmas ham, Yule singing, Mm -hmm. and others, other traditions possibly have connections to pre-Christian Yule customs, which Simic says, quote, indicates the significance of the feast in pre-Christian times, end quote.
0: I want to find out more about the Yule Goat. Yeah, what is the Yule Goat? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of that before. Me neither. Yeah.
1: All right. So moving on to the contemporary day. In modern Germanic language speaking areas and some other northern European countries, Yule and its cognates denote the Christmas holiday season, as you may know in addition to Yule and Yuletide in English, or those words in English, examples include Yule in Sweden, Denmark and Norway, Yol in Iceland and the Faroe Islands, Yolu in Finland, Yolfest in Friesland, Friesland wherever that is, and then feast in the Netherlands and Yolud in Estonia. So, you can see the connection between those those words linguistically a little bit does F- Fri- it say Friesland? I just looked it up or Friesland known as
0: Friesia is a province of the Netherlands
1: ah okay so okay. yeah
0: it's situated west of Groningen northwest of Drinthe and Overijssel, north of Flevoland. I don't think wow. I'm saying any of that right but yeah apparently it's a thing
1: wow uh, as far as when Yule was celebrated originally, we've already touched on that a lot, but it was um, traditionally celebrated at midwinter, which is not just like in the middle of winter. It it it's um, attested in the early Germanic calendars where it appears to have been a specific day or a number of days during the winter half of the year. Before the adoption of the church calendar, the date of midwinter may have varied due to the use of a lunisolar calendar, or it may have been based on a week system tied to the astronomical winter solstice. In the medieval Icelandic calendar, it was the first day of Dori or Pori, the fourth winter month, which corresponds to the middle of January. In the Gregorian calendar. According to Snorri Sturluson's Heimskringle, uh, circa 1230, the pre-Christian holiday Yule was originally celebrated at midwinter, but in the 10th century, the king, Hakon the Good again, um, we return to him, moved it to the same day as Christmas, about three weeks Mm. earlier. Hmm. That's strange. I wonder why we celebrate Christmas, not where we do still. (laughs) Yeah. Beginning in the 18th century, the term midwinter has sometimes been misunderstood as synonymous with the winter solstice when, in fact, they're not the same thing. All right. So as far as um, modern day and how Yule is celebrated among um, pagans and uh, satanists and wiccans rather Um, as contemporary pagan religions differ in both origin and practice these representations of yule today can vary considerably despite the shared name and actually uh, editorial comment i will i will it does mention um in some of my research that uh satanist or the church of satan does celebrate yule but mm. they just use different ceremonies and rituals than pagans or wiccans do mm. okay yeah some heathens for example heathens with a capital h um celebrate in a way as close to, as possible to how they believe ancient Germanic pagans observe the tradition, while others observe the holiday with rituals assembled from different sources. Heathen celebrations of Yule can also include sharing a meal and gift-giving. In most forms of Wicca, this holiday is celebrated at the winter solstice as the rebirth of the great horned hunter-god who is viewed as a, the newborn solstice son. The method of gathering for this sabbat, or sabbat, or, or sabbat, I'm not sure how to is that say where, it. Is that is where it, we get
0: the term sabbatical from?
1: Um, I think that it's borrowed from Hebrew because shabbat, shalom, means like happy Sabbath. So um, uh, sabbat, sabbat, or sabbat, is a... Is a um, it, pagan term Go it actually ahead.
0: comes from the greek word sabbatikos which means of the sabbath so i'm guessing mm. it is the hebrews yeah the hebrew started yeah. first yeah uh the greek word sabbaton mm. Shabbath, meaning rest mm. the, the uh, hebrew word wow yeah
1: um well in any case the method of thank you for sharing that alexander yeah um I can,
0: I'm just going to do this because I think you're not as loud as me. And I'm like, was oh, that? Okay.
1: The method of gathering for this Sabbath varies by practitioner. Some have private ceremonies at home while others do so with their covens. Mm. Hmm. You want to join a coven? Uh, no.
0: <laughs> hey, nothing says loving like coven. coven. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: man. All right, so... To diverge from what we consider as Christmas even further, we have to also look at Levean Satanism. The Church of Satan and other Levean Satanist groups celebrate Yule as an alternative to the Christian Christmas holiday. Yule in Levean Satanism is not celebrated with the same rituals as in contemporary paganism or heathenry with a capital H. So. There it is, folks, the the dirty, dark and dirty truth (laughs) of the origins of Christmas. Yeah, it's just I don't know, bro. Like, I just I feel kind of like I need to bathe myself in hand sanitizer, Mm. as one colleague said after speaking with a particularly rude customer. But yeah. I I don't think that would make me feel better about Christmas right now. But you know, I think I'll get over it.
0: You know hand sanitizer is pagan?
1: Um, I just made that up. It's not. But <laughs> I just
0: wanted to say that. Um, if you wanna, do you want to so, ask me of those? So,
1: Alexander, um, yes. do, you, do you know how to pronounce Yule and, um, in uh, uh, the Nordic languages?
0: I think it's Yule. Yeah, that's very good. Yul?
1: Yeah. Yul. Yul. Well, you say...
0: Well, maybe it's just the way you talk, but... Yul. Is that how
1: you say it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You kind of have to do the Spanish L behind your teeth.
0: Oh, I'm always doing that. Yeah, I know. Every time I I eat, I've always got the Spanish L there. So... (laughs) Are those frijoles? All right. Yeah.
1: Um... What was the origin of the Festival of Yule, Alexander?
0: Uh, I mean, um, it sounds like Good King Hacken.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he contributed to it for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, it sounds like that. I mean, it says he was not a confirmed Christian, so it does make me wonder if that's kind of a whole, like, Catholicism deal.
1: No, it said he he was, but oh, then sorry, he, like, he kind of hid it from so that he could, like... Um, First, take power over the whole yeah. land and then start Christianizing it. <laughs> but he wanted to yeah. collaborate with wow. the pagan chieftains before yeah. doing so, so that he would gain their favor.
0: <laughs> I don't blame him because back then it was a lot different than it is today. It's not like right. he, like President Joe Biden isn't like hiding some holiday from us, that he, right. his whole religion... Uh, it would be way different today than back then because back then wasn't it kind of like a king ruled over uh, an area, but those areas were all subdivided by chieftains, basically, weren't they?
1: Could be. I don't know.
0: Okay. Um, uh, I think so. I think that's what was going on. I think that it was kind of like tribes, and I'm pretty sure those chieftains were the leaders, and they kind of reported to that king. It wasn't Mm. until... Geez, I want to say, uh, maybe I don't know if this is accurate, but I want to say Richard the Lionhearted that England kind of became united for the first time mm. and they stopped kind of going in the whole tribe deal and said, okay, we're going to all follow a king. Uh, mm. But he still had to send tax collectors, he still had to send out people that did his bidding, so to speak, and raised mm-hmm. funds for all that. But,
1: wow. Um, so what are your thoughts about the celebrations for the Festival of Yule? I don't know, because
0: as a as a Christian, mm-hmm. part of me feels... Part of me isn't... Okay, part of me is a little bothered, because yeah. it's like, I want to say, okay, if we want to do something pagan, let's do something pagan. If we want to do something that honors Christ, let's do something that honors Christ. But let's not mix them together. And the problem, Right. Yeah, and now it just seems like everything's so mixed. Right. You know, I'm taking a bubble bath one day and I'm looking at the bubbles and they're gonna be made out of pagan juices or something. Like everything is just so mixed. Like, oh yeah, you go to Burger King and there's gonna be like a upside down triangle and that represents some fertility goddess and then now you're eating a Mick <laughs> now you're eat- now you're eating a Mick Yule. Now you're eating a Mick Yule. It's it's in everything, right? Like I don't know I'm I don't know if are Shamrocks is the Shamrock pagan?
1: Um, probably.
0: I'm going to look that up right now. Okay. Uh, Shamrock Pagan. Uh, Yeah, legends attest to St. Patrick using the three petals of the shamrock to illustrate the mysteries of the Holy Trinity to the Celtic pagans. And I'm just going to say, the ancient Celts believed the triad of the three leaves of the plant was symbolic of their pagan goddesses. So, you know what? It already is in food. Because McDonald's does its... The Shamrock Shake. The Shamrock Shake. It's everywhere, Peter. You got... Because they have the Christmas ham. The Shamrock Shake. Okay. Arby's. Arby's has probably got, like, I don't know, the big meat or something. Or some ridiculous... They got the meats. They got the meats. Yeah. Yeah. They got the pagan meats, that is. But everything is is so paganized. So, it's kind of hard for me to feel...
1: And syncretistic yeah what does that mean? That means the mixing of the religions like you talked mm. about the mixing of Christianity with these pagan traditions.
0: Well, it just seems like it's it's kind of hard for me to be upset about it. Uh, I guess I'll say this, you know because I, I I haven't shared this on the podcast. I've shared it with you, but uh, my dad wasn't the best dad and he was really cheap and you know this. so yeah. I didn't celebrate Christmas until I got married and mm. I was I want to say I had my first real Christmas with a tree in my own home that we bowed to and worshipped, like you're supposed to. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. But I had my first real uh, Christmas tree, I think, when I was 25, 26. Wow. Never had a Christmas tree before that. Wow. Uh, and I, My dad would say, well, Christmas trees are, I want to cover this on the next show, Christmas trees are pagan. And there's a part in Jeremiah where Jer- the prophet Jeremiah tells the Jews hey, don't go into the forest and cut down a tree out of the woods and deck it with gold and silver and all this different stuff. Like, he, he does go ahead and notate that. So that is that is important. I don't necessarily know if that's connected, and that's also to the Jews, not to modern-day Christians. Right, that sounds
1: are, more like making an idol out of a yeah. tree.
0: Well, I mean, we do in a weird way. Like, we take this thing, we set it there, we deck it, and we make it like the centerpiece of our whole life and, mm. or of our whole house. Yeah. And, and we make it an idol. And I just think that if you're going to make it an idol, put up a big Samsung TV. All right. No, don't do that. But no, I just think that um, I guess I'm not that upset about it because really I've, I've lived in it, been born in it my whole life. Right. So I will say this, though. I wonder what would happen if there was some random religion that just came along and all of a sudden, like, this new tradition was invented and it was. I don't know. Um, you know, you have to have like a potted plant in your house for two weeks to celebrate this false god that was just made up. If I'd feel the same way, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have a potted plant or whatever in my house right. or a horn on my wall to celebrate this. But because it's been so long and it's been commercialized, and we'll right. talk about that, then it's just kind of like, well, whatever. You know, there's so much like the Shamrock Shakes. There's so much now where it's like, oh, whatever. Nobody even thinks about it. Right. And so. Um, and that's kind of the problem that I do have with some Christians where they try to save the world and we got to really just, they, they keep saying like, we got to really change America and change the world. That's not what God told us to do. No. Like we're supposed to go out and share his word with people, but we're never going to change the world. They're always going to go ahead and go to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially not change the world politically or make our churches like political platforms yeah. or that sort of yeah, thing, not. political soapboxes. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
0: Stop making it political. I'm kidding. <laughs> All
1: right. I think we've covered a lot of these questions. Um, what are your overall impressions of Yule?
0: Uh, I love it, and I can't wait to dance around a tree naked. <laughs> so <laughs> you've convinced me I'm ready to celebrate my brother and Yule. Okay. <laughs> my Yuletide friend. <laughs> my Yuletide brother. Why do people kiss under a mistletoe? Is that pagan? Probably. Gosh, what it pagan at this point?
1: I have no idea. Dude. I I'm don't. just, I've like pretty much lost it with all this Christmas stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I would like to credit my references, um, learnreligions.com and wikipedia.com for all the great information about Yule and the celebration of it. Um, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, um, Costco for providing, <laughs> Costco? Pr- providing gin, um, for our drinks earlier. Yeah. Thank you. Costco. Yeah. I mean, it was just about yeah. a little over 17 wow. bucks for a 1.75 liter. That's, so that's great. It's good quality. It's good quality Don't gin. believe the review that the ne- okay. the one negative review on it that's mm. out there on the web. It's, it's still Okay. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, we're not getting paid by Costco, by the way. No. They don't pay us. No. One of the questions that did catch my eye, is the festival popular in your country? Yeah. It's popular. Yeah. Isn't it popular everywhere? But except for Muslim countries, do they celebrate Christmas? I don't think they do, do they?
1: No, but there there have been a lot of midwinter um, celebrations like um, in different parts of the world in like India, Iran, Iran. Really? um around midwinter time that I didn't have time to include. Wow. But um but yeah, there there's been a lot of things related to the winter solstice and midwinter that get celebrated throughout the world over the years and throughout history. So,
0: do you think that and I know that this is not a question you had, but mm-hmm. if you're a Christian You don't, I mean, it's whatever, but if you're a Christian, I don't think it's wrong to have friends that are unbelievers because you're not going to have a lot of friends if they're just all Christians. Right. Do you think back in Bible times that they had a lot of pagan friends? Because I feel like they did. Hmm. Because you probably bought meat from the guy who had like a little God there. And then remember, wasn't it Apostle Paul? Like he did a whole sermon and he said, like, yeah, there's all these different altars and stuff and then there's one of the unknown gods so it was just known throughout the city
1: that's just how you lived your life right right um i think that probably christians had more pagan friends than we do as christians today sadly unfortunately you know like in the early church they did they probably get as many pagan friends as i can right now
0: so (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm trying to do Dude, I'm joining a convent next week. What do you think? We could start, we could infiltrate, we can go ahead and we could we can put Christ back in Wicca. There we go. Oh, are you talking yeah. about a coven? Oh yeah, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know why I said convent. <laughs> That's okay.
1: That's okay. Bring the coven to the convent. There you
0: go. Put Christ back in covens. That's what I say. <laughs> Alright. That'll that'll work out great when I'm in the coven. the coven. Wow. When I'm in the coven with all the other witches, and I say, hey. Guys, let's turn to our Bibles. And I open it up, and everyone's just like, okay. And we'll start it. We'll start it from there. That's yeah. how you get it going. That's how you Christianize everything. Okay? <laughs> you start putting it in everything. I'm telling you. Just, I'm telling you. That's right. how you
1: do it. All right. All right. I feel convinced.
0: <laughs> but what were you saying, though? You were saying about, we were talking about like pagan friends and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Just that I agree with you that it would have been, um, to answer your question, rather, there would have been a lot more connections with um, pagans in uh and and idol idol people who worshipped idols back in the early church, yeah. the early Christianity Christianity when it was like the real deal. I feel like yeah, it was a lot more real, um, and in. yeah, real when and anyway. Um, They probably had a lot more connections with with pagans um, than we do, because we kind of like I've heard people talk about this, how we have like a Christian subculture that's kind of like we are all in our neat little boxes of like Christian friends or communities. And like, you know, we're not going to reach people who don't know Christ by remaining like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's true. I mean, this isn't really a Christian podcast. It's a right. history podcast. But thanks for shoving your religion down our throats, Peter. <laughs> so, anyway, though. Uh, but no, I mean, I do think you're right, though, on that. And then I also think that back in the day, there was a lot more paganism. A lot more paganism. Because that was just every day you saw it. I bet right. if you and I went right now and we got an airplane, uh, we flew to India. You yeah. know, it would be kind of a lot like what they were experiencing back then, right? Because there'd be so many false gods, there'd be so many different idols, idols. Uh, you know, the way they look, the way they dress. It was so different than what it is, and that's why I guess America is considered a Christian nation, even though a lot of the founding fathers weren't Christians. They were deists. Some of them mm. were. Some of them just didn't believe. You know, and you don't have to believe to be a founding father. You don't have to be a Christian to do something good. I don't want people to come away thinking that, well, I just need to be a Christian to be good. But I do think you need to be a Christian to be righteous. Because righteous is, in my eyes, that's God's view of good. Mm-hmm. So he sets that standard, not right. men. But, and that's that's where your I think the Ten Commandments come from. But yeah, uh, I just think that that was an everyday thing that you saw. You go to the store. They didn't have Walmart back then, clearly. But you go to the store and there's an open-air market and they probably had the idols on the ground. And then there's probably... You know, hey, they're going to have a celebration next week to celebrate the moon or the Saturn or whatever was going on. And that was just common. And Mm -hmm. it was so different than what we know now because what we have now is kind of a weird mix. Like, America is a melting pot. Like, it's just everything's mixed in there. You have Satanists, you have Christians, you have Baptists, you have Lutherans, uh, Catholics. Catholics, you got, you know, everybody, and we're all just trying to live our life. And we're all just trying to enjoy those sweet shamrock shakes. Okay? So, on that note, uh, we'll see you guys next week. And, uh,.